Konbawa. Hi, everybody. I am Jack. I just wanted to take a minute to introduce Terraced Out. So Terraced Out is a podcast about a show about six strangers living together, and we observe how they interact. All that they've prepared is a beautiful home and automobiles. And all that we've prepared is a couple of microphones, opinionated friends, and an hour of our time. There's absolutely no script at all. We are watching and reviewing, and we absolutely hope you love the show, follow along, and enjoy. I'm Michelle. And I'm Caitlin. And we're ready to get Terrastaff. Okay, I don't even remember what remember I don't even know what remembered. I said I don't even know how to speak today. <laughs> Apparently, day whatever of quarantine. I don't even know what day it is anymore. Like apparently Yep, I don't even is it May yet? <laughs> uh no, because nope. it's now my birthday month yet. Oh, it's still April. <laughs> But it will be soon. In like a month, it will be my birthday. And mm-hmm. we will probably still be in quarantine. Oh. And no one will kiss me. <laughs> It'll be sad. <laughs> no birthday kisses. I know. The quarantine birthdays are so hard. So f- depressing. See? Already F-bumped in the first five, like not even five minutes. Quarantine <laughs> is killing me. You know, it's just one of those things. Anyway, I don't remember what happened in 12, so I pulled up our 12 notes. <laughs> it feels like a while. I can't even remember when we recorded last. It's been a while. I, I feel like this past week has felt like forever. It has. Yeah. It really has. It's it felt has. really, really long. It did feel long. Yeah. I talked to my ex this week, too. It was weird. Oh, my god. It went okay. So that was nice. But oh, yeah. Last week there was the Instagram drama about the unfollowing. Right. Oh, that's right. The mute unfollow block. Yep. Yep. And the following and the unfollowing and the blocking and unblocking or whatevs. We spit some social media wisdom. Yes. And then we had Corey's birthday party where we talked a little bit about her chart. And then, oh, like, Iruka cooked, and then he gave her a gift, and then asked to take her out, like, for a drink, but then later we figured, found out that, like, Hori revealed to Risiko that, like, she just doesn't know what to say to him, and Mm -hmm. she feels really awkward, and she doesn't know what to say, and she's, like, not really interested in him romantically, really. And then Risiko says, like, she should stop overthinking it and just let Ruka fail and, like, do whatever it is he needs to do. Because, like, he clearly has no idea what he's doing is messed up Mm -hmm. or making her feel uncomfortable. It's not like it's messed up. He just has no, like, self-awareness. And then Kenny shares he has feelings for Risiko and he wants to ask her on a nice date. And then Risiko expresses that she wishes Kenny would let her in more. And she has like a lot of reservations like on her side. But Kenny is like very interested 
in her and has genuine feelings. Mm -hmm. And then he also basically told her last week that he's no longer just, like, strictly interested in her. He's very attracted to her romantically, and, like, he basically likes her. He has told her that he's interested. And Haruka also made a little bit of growth where she realized that in conversations, she realized people were always catering to her, and she found it hard to connect to people her own age, so Shohei told her she needs to, like, figure out how to, like, get interested in people. And I think that's what happened last week. Yep. So this episode is very Kenny-centric. Yeah, more relationship kind of drama again. Update, relationship update. (laughs) I'm I'm like, not necessarily drama, but... Surprisingly, by the end of this episode, I did not hate Kenny as much as I used to. I agree. There were some things where I was like, ooh, why didn't we see this earlier? You know why? I think it's because we finally, like, he finally gave us a little bit of his life and his, like, Mm -hmm. personality in this episode. And, like, we finally got to understand, like, what the hell he's about and, like, what that he has emotion. (laughs) Yeah. It just took too long. It just took way too long. Like, why are you peeking when you tell everyone? Yeah. You're leaving. That you're leaving. Yeah. Which is what's happening. So I'm like, yes, his emotions, but it's just, it took too long. I can't, can't connect to it anymore. Literally, the day I've been praying for is like, wait, is upon us. Kenny announcing that he's graduating. And like, this is the moment he finally chooses to like, start revealing that he's kind of likable. Maybe. (laughs) Like, and I'm like, dude, what the hell? He waited until he's leaving. We didn't have, we had to deal with him for 13 weeks. Where was this, like, freaking two months ago? Yeah. Like, it comes so late that I forget every time. Like, I've watched this, like, season twice already. This is the third time I've watched this episode. And I still forgot that, like, I like him. A little bit, maybe. Like, he's likable. Like, just like a little part of you. Not even that I like him, that he's likable. Like, I forgot that, yeah. like, Kenny is even likable to begin, like, at all. Like, yeah. because it's so little. And, like, his whole terrorist house life is marred by his mishaps of just yep. insanity. And his moment of, like, self-reflection at the end of this episode at the barbecue dinner is, like, so profound Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you did learn your lesson. Like, I wanted to see you learn your lesson, though. <laughs> like, where did, where was you learning this lesson? I didn't, I, I missed it. Because apparently it just happened internally. And, like, we didn't get to actually see it. Yeah, it was his own kind of thing. It's like, but we've been waiting so long for this. So we're going to break this down. And we're going to discuss, like, deeply... I think we're just going to, like, discuss Kenny mostly, then, like, just Mm -hmm. recap his ridiculousness, because he's just, like, annoying, and, like, we just don't need to recap his crazy, because it's just, like, pointless and waste of energy and (laughs) breath and time. But anyway, like, okay, so Risiko's first, like, answer in the playroom is that she tells him 
that although she does care a lot about Kenny, she is the type of person who doesn't officially become boy and girlfriend with someone unless she really, really knows them well. So when it comes to giving uh, Kenny an answer, she's not sure yet, is how it started at the beginning of this episode, right? Then the next day or whatever, Kenny takes Risiko on this date, like the beach date that they were talking about, and like this is like the typhoon, so they were saying like, what should we do, whatever, so they still end up deciding to go on this date. And then so at first, like this bus, everybody's like, who's this bus? Like who rented this bus? Whatever. And we find out that it's actually Kenny's bus. Like he, this is the bu- the school bus that he took and then like refurbished. Like he made that, I guess. It's like really cool, actually. I thought it was really neat. It's so cool. I mean, when I when I finally found out that like that's the bus he like, bought and then redid and then it's his car like mm-hmm. that has so much personality like yeah. I was like I want to get to know this person like I want to yeah. get to know the person who like made this and like res- like goes out and gets old car like school buses like that like that's a cool person yeah like I would have loved to see his process in doing that like I feel like that would show so much about him and like his interests and like See, like, that's the person I'm interested in. You know, being hardworking. Like, it's not an easy feat. <laughs> right, right. Or to accomplish that. And the car, it's, the bus itself has such personality, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really cool. And, like, I'm just like, I just, like, why didn't you show us your personality sooner, dude? Like, yeah. I yep. don't understand. Like, it's like he's trying to, I felt like he was, this is the problem, I think, with him, is that, like, I just, I, I this is so, like, I'm sorry, this is really mean. If I, I don't mean to be, like, so statementy when I say, like, this is the problem with him. It's just, like, I think it's just, like, this is my personal frustration. Yeah. <laughs> is, like, the fact that. Like, I felt like he just talks so much about, like, the Im- his image and what he thinks fans want from him. And, like, I feel like he's so worried about, like, curating this, like, quote-unquote, I don't know what image he thinks he's trying to curate. But, like, this person, like, who he is actually interests me. Like, the fact that he, like, b- got this, like, bus and, like, made it up and did that. I'm sure he didn't do that, like, to please his fans. I'm sure he did that because he thought it was cool. And, like... Yeah, he probably genuinely wanted to do that. Yeah. Like, you can't take a project like that on and, like, do all of that unless you really want to do it. And, like, because it's yeah. hard work. So, like, mm-hmm. like that interests me. Like, I want to get to know that person. Like, even the yeah. fact, like... And also, like, the moments where I felt really, like, connected to Kenny were also, like, that moment where he and Corey were connecting about their art and he yep. showed us like he was creating his art in like that paint in like a paint app on his on it was like insane like with a freaking cursor like he's so cool yeah and then we never really saw any more of that like i keep like, forgetting that like Kenny can be cool like i don't know yeah. he's so annoying but a cool that's, like, just him and not a curated cool that he's trying to mm-hmm. come across. And that's what's really frustrating. I forget. It's because he is just, like, this is, I think this is, like, the, the pitfalls of, like, everyone. Like, even myself. Like, I have to own up to this, too. Like, I lived so much of my prior life, like, mm-hmm. worrying about, like, curating my image and, like, I have to, like censor certain parts of myself like oh I'm too loud or I'm too Mm -hmm. much or I'm too emotional or 
what is it? Like, I'm too crazy or I'm too, like, I like too many nerdy things or like, you know, Mm -hmm. like, it's just like, as society, like, you think like, quote unquote, society, like, wants you to be a certain way where it's like, no, like, just be who you are. Like, no one cares as much as you think they do. do, like... Like, no, like, if you are who you are, like, people respond to that. Like, people respond mm-hmm. to your realness, like, your authenticity. Yep. And, like, I feel like the moments I most respond to Kenny are his authentic moments and not the moments that are curated that are his, like, what he thinks his fans want to see, like, yeah. browsing subreddits. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So they go to the the beach during a typhoon, and then Kenny says, maybe we shouldn't. This seems dangerous on the beach, which (laughs) I just had to highlight. Which I had the same thought. As soon as they walked on that beach, I was like, you are not about to go swimming. I was like, come on. It's so cold and dreary. It's windy. I was like, "Mm -mm." mm-mm. I was like, you think? Yeah, I was like, y'all are not doing this. No shit, Sherlock. Like, <laughs> like, great observation skills. Yeah. <laughs> 100% out of your test. <laughs> oh, my God. So they're in Shogasaki Kanaga. They're parked in a parking lot, which I thought is so cute. Like, that's such a cute date. Like, I would do that. I would want to, if in a bus like that, like, that's a cute date to me. Like, mm-hmm. it's a cute, cheap date. That. Like, I'm a cheap date, man. Like, if if a boy, like, picked me up in a bus like that and, like, took me out and then we, like, parked and, like, had a picnic and, like, just sat yep. and, like, talked and then, like, maybe, like, pulled down, like, a, a sheet inside and then watched, like, a movie on a projector because he's done the projector date with her before mm-hmm. so we know he has a projector and a sheet and like then you open the door when it gets dark outside like as you're watching the movie it gets dark you like you see the sunset from the windows okay this is like a really cute date i'm handing this really to you kenny cute. and boys and girls all over the nation like <laughs> this is a cute date like get a get a bus or school bus that's like reconstructed or like a camper an rv do like a day like that and then the windows are open you see the sunset in the background while you're watching this movie right then you Mm -hmm. go out first of all great first kiss moment if he like if you don't kiss someone then like you have no game not even like (laughs) game like you just don't understand moments (laughs) like or you just if you can't kiss someone in a moment like that you don't like them I don't think. Yeah, or you just don't, you just can't read the moment. You just, you're not interested romantically. I think you're just friends. You're better off friends, <laughs> I think. Always ask for consent first, though. Well, I don't know. It depends on, like, if you've had conversations in the past. Because sometimes if the moment is, like, not good where you, like, ask the person if you can kiss them, like, sometimes that, like, will turn someone off. So, like, know your partner. Yeah. First of all. But then you go outside and then it's like stars because it's like the ocean and you're parked. There's no lights. And then you can actually see the stars. Oh, that's such a cute day. I would love that. I would love to even just like listen to music. Oh, my God. Yes. You know, just like take turns, like playing different songs and stuff. Or if you have like a roof deck on your bus, like go on top of your roof deck, like put like a blanket out or like a sleeping bag sleep under the stars oh my god i'm just like getting super like turned on by this date i would love this that'd be so cute this is such a cute date i would literally go on this date in a heartbeat goals 
<laughs> like with anyone, like boy or girl, like just mm-hmm. take me on this date. I will make out with you. Easy. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, no, it's pretty perfect. It's such a cute date. This makes me want to talk about like Haruka's whole thing where she talks about like her like wa- what she wants in a partner because I feel like I really identify with that and I feel like this date is leaning towards that like <laughs> sleeping napping with someone I don't know anyway yeah <laughs> I'm going ahead of myself anyway aside from this like super hyper romantic date that we've like hypothesized and like fantasized <laughs> and dreamed up in our heads the actual Kenny and Risiko date was a little depressing and heartbreaking so Kenny now tells Risiko in this moment that, you know, summer's about to start, which means in a band, like, who's up and coming, a lot of music festivals. So if spring is music festival season and, like, spring to early summer is music festival season in America, in Japan, it's, like, summer to late fall. And so right now it's, like, almost August. So, like, that's kind of, like, when the big festivals start, start, start happening and so he basically says, like, now work is going to start to pick up. And, like, even if he was still living in the house, he probably wouldn't actually be spending any time at the house itself. So he feels like, you know, just timing-wise and just life-wise, he thinks that it's time for him to graduate from Terrace House. Which I think is good because it opens up the space for someone else, you know, like especially if he knows that he can't really, yes! you know, take advantage of it anymore right. or like really be a part of it. I think it's best that he's leaving so that, you know, someone else gets his opportunity to come in. Yes. I think this was the first unselfish thing Kenny has done in his <laughs> life. Just yeah. kidding. But like in a while since he's come on Terrace House, I think it's the first unselfish thing he's done. Yeah, it's just we've really seen him. So then he says he's hoping Risiko could tell him if he thinks that if she thinks that he's important enough to keep in her life or not. Risiko's shocked and she says she thought she would have more time to discern whether or not it is that she likes Kenny as a person or as a man or as a romantic partner, but if she's being pushed for an answer right this second, her current feelings for Kenny aren't strong enough to be in a relationship for her yet in her current present truth she says it's just like not there enough yet anymore i think to be honest which i think i think there's a good point discussion to be had which i think like the presenters and the commentators like kind of brought up this really good point but before i get there first i'm gonna say kenny says okay and he understands and then risco just like starts crying a lot just a lot, a lot. So then Kenny tells the boys in the boys' room about the date, and then Risiko's answer, and then the fact that he was dumped, and that he's going to be graduating and moving out, <laughs> basically. <laughs> he says it boom, was, boom, boom. <laughs> I know. It's kind of just like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. yeah. Kenny has a little self-awareness, and he says he knew it was futile pressuring someone for an answer when they'd already expressed that they needed more time. And he says he knew 5 million percent that it was futile. <laughs> Which, if we're being specific, which is like very, very sure, which I'm like, are you sure you knew 5 million percent? But okay. (laughs) And then he goes, but he said he knew he had to tell her that he was planning on leaving soon. So he told her and then he got dumped. Show his eyes go blank and then he falls back into the bed like a fainting couch saying, you just said so many things. My brain is scrambled. And he like cannot process what's happening. Kenny says that he just thinks that it means that Kenny didn't have the level of attraction to keep Risiko interested. 
that's what happened today which I don't know I feel like that's something we should unpack like because I feel like I don't really think it's about like having someone having a level of attraction to keep someone interested I don't think it's really about that I think it's about your actions and like yeah I think like Risiko was really interested, but he was super passive. Yeah. And then she just, like, kind of was, like, I'm the only one aggressively trying to, like, date you or, like, talk to you. Like, are you even f***ing interested in me? Like, at all. Yeah, like, I feel like at this point she's already kind of, like, tuning him out. Yeah. Kind of already kind of accepting that he may not be interested. Like, I feel like his actions are like and showing interest in her are just too far and i feel like jack needs to like cut a clip of jojo's song too little too late and like insert it right here in this moment like seriously it's like too little too late like yeah so like I think she's interested and I think she does like him but I just feel like it was a lot in a very small amount of time yeah with him being like oh I like you and then I'm leaving you know right and I think and what he's saying is like I mean he's saying what he first said was accurate I, I he knew it was he was pushing a boundary. She is the type of person who likes to spend a little bit more time being sure of herself. Maybe because she's been in situations where she doesn't want to commit to something unless she knows 100% sure that she's going to stay or that it's going to last. She doesn't want to like half-heartedly agree to be in a relationship before she 100% knows, you know, if outside or like in real life or like in anything in any real way it's going to work out. Like, which I think is fair. Like, I I think certain, like, some people can do that quickly. Some people can't, which I think the presenters say, the commentators say on the show, like, Yamachan himself taught, like, all the commentators are single. He's the only one that's married now. And it's very, like, he got married in kind of this whirlwind relationship where he met this woman, this actress. They started talking. They started dating. And then in two months, they got married. <laughs> they, like, moved in. They got married. Like, it's – he's just very – like, they – and then they kind of talk about, like, timing working out and, like, circumstances working out and, like, mm-hmm. both per- people being in the right moment and time who were both yeah. looking for something like that. And it just kind of all worked out and everything fell into place and they're happy and it's working out right now. But, like, sometimes people aren't as, like, similar – and what they're looking for. And there are different places in their life, which Risiko does mention. Like, she's 21. He's 32. And he's mentioned he's looking for someone to get married to. So, like, obviously, there's a lot of things. Like, the fact that she's really thinking about it, though, means that she really cares. And she's taking this seriously. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I mean, is good. It's not just fun and games. You know, she could just be like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, I like you. Yeah. You know, and then have them, them not work. Exactly. You know, a few weeks down the line. Yeah, no, I agree that, like, she really does need to think about it. Like, I think it's it's not an easy decision, and it's clear that she does care for him, but she also wants to make sure that she's making the best decision for herself. Yeah, I agree. So Kenny starts crying, and then he says, It's a tough way to go, but thank you for everything, and bows deeply at 90 degrees to the boys, which in Japan, I think, like, 
the reason why I say 90 degrees is if you're not familiar with Japanese culture, I'll probably do a mini-sode of this separately, which I've started doing mini-sodes where I talk about culture separately. So we'll probably do one of those where Mm -hmm. I talk about like bowing and like Mm -hmm. the etiquette. But Mm -hmm. basically quickly, like there's different levels of bowing. It's just like, oh, thank you. Like easily where you just like kind of like bow your head, like easily like tilt it to the side or like when you're saying like, oh, like it was good to see you. And you're like, thank you. Or you're saying goodbye to a family member. You'll just kind of bow your head like 25 degrees maybe like a little bit like a little bit lower than just like tilting and then like it'll be like a 45 degree when it's like a proper hello or goodbye and then like something with utmost respect would be a full 90 degree bend like Mm. you would bend nine degrees for royalty you would bend nine degrees for someone who is a very high status or very high respect like it's just it's just a showing a very very high respect like the fact Mm -hmm. that you would you would you could just like because it it's like the level of which you move your body Mm -hmm. for the other person like the level of which you're going out of your way to bend down you know Mm -hmm. like so that's kind of how you show like how much the other person how thankful you are I guess really it's like I'm look at me I'm bending my entire body in half just to thank you to show you how appreciative I am Mm -hmm. it's like this extra level of like context to a thank you yeah that's visual so he does that uh to his boys his roomies his brethren his terrace house herbivore bros (laughs) shohei says he doesn't like it ruka starts sobbing and says it's going to be really hard for him to accept that kenny is leaving because he's been so supportive about his work after he got home every day and crying i rely on you crying you always ask me like how my day is going and tell me to like have a good day at work in the morning <laughs> it's just so fucking cute like, i know it was really adorable and then the next morning risiko and shohei chat about kenny after she comes down the stairs after like her eyes are just like super puffy like crazy and then she sits Mm -hmm. down and like puts like two cold spoons on her eyes and she's like is this how you do it i was laughing because i was like we've all done that she's like ow it hurts (laughs) okay so quick recommendation for any time you have had a really hard day keep some spoons in your freezer tea bags really help out you want to mm. alternate between cold spoons and then, like, tea bags. Preferably herbal ones, but, like, caffeine, anything with caffeine, like, those mm-hmm. help with under-eye bags. So, like, if you're a little puffy and bloated and you want a little bit more of a tightness to it, like, have a caffeine bag. At night, I usually recommend, like, an herbal bag. <laughs> I've been crying a lot, guys. <laughs> And then sometimes, you know, like a, a nice, like, mister, like, if you put, like, a nice toner spritzer or something in your fridge, this is also, like, an island girl tip, but, like, in Hawaii, we keep, I think, like, most beauty people keep, like, most of their sprays and stuff in fridges, but, like, this is, like, a Hawaii girl tip is, like, keep, like, a rose water spray or, like, you know, an anything, kind of, mm-hmm. like, a little spritzer if you want to do essential oils or anything like or a toner anything put it in your fridge and then when you're hot or like you just need a refreshment just spray it with your on your face and it's like Mm. cold mist and it feels so nice especially if it's like floral or like citrusy 
-hmm. It's like literally the best. It makes you feel so great. It also helps with crying. A lot of crying that I've been doing (laughs) from anxiety and mental breakdowns. Thanks to quarantine. Love this. Hey, 2020. I know. We love this, honey. Okay, so basically, Risiko talks kind of a little bit about her thought process. And we see how, like, really deeply she's been thinking about, like, Kenny. And she's really taking this seriously. Like, she's not trying to screw with people's feelings. Like, this is real for her. Like, you can tell in this moment. Like, she is just, like really crying and like being so honest like that's something I really respect about Risiko is that she's regardless of whether or not how it comes off like she's always really true to her emotion in the moment Mm -hmm. and she expresses it even if it might not always be expressed in the right way which I can really kind of identify with I think and She says she thinks she's too young because she's 21 and, like, he's 32 and saying he wants to get married and, like, realistically he's looking for a potential future partner and she's just like, I like him so much but, like, I just feel like I'm not in that place yet and I feel like it would be irresponsible of me to date someone who is in that place and, like, toy with, like, lead them on in that way, I guess. And she says she really likes him but she just, like, can't date him. And Shohei says, like, it's so rare to find someone you actually truly care about in, like, a situation, like, in general, but also in a situation like this. And then for them to actually like you back is even more rare. And he's like, don't you think, like, you should tell him how you're feeling? Like, because, you know, maybe it like at least you guys owe each other that or like don't you think like because of how rare and like beautiful like that is like it's worth trying mm-hmm. and I just f- so understand her emotion in this moment like where she just like gets up and she goes I feel like I'm gonna start crying like just talking about it like she goes <laughs> up and gets goes to the fridge and she just kind of opens it and she goes I really liked him and she's like I I still like him like I I don't know what to do like she's like mm-hmm. I just I don't I don't know what to do anymore yeah she's like so torn she's just so torn cuz like I think this is like something that a lot of people have I I I think it's hard to understand this feeling unless you've been in a relationship mm-hmm. where you've really cared about someone and you both care about each other so much, but your lives just don't fit yep. in that moment. And, like, yep. I don't know. It's just hard because it's, like, what Shohei is saying is so true. Like, I don't know. Watching the scene made me cry because it was, like, really tough. Like, mm-hmm. I feel – because I feel that. Like, what he says is so true. Yep. The fact that you like someone and – they like you back is so rare I mean you think it's like I mean movies books songs like so many things like are written about that that you think it's like something that happens easily you know that you like like someone and they like you back because like there's so many songs written about it and all these movies written about it and like these stories that are told about it Mm -hmm. and like that's all that we're kind of exposed to but it's often so one-sided. It is. 
It is. And that's what makes it so hard is that, or makes it feel so rare because a lot of times it's, I cared about this person more or this person cared about me more than them. Like it's hard to find that balance. And it's, and even when you do have the balance where you both like each other, it's, it's kind of like the whole timing thing. Like sometimes it's just not right. And you have to wonder, is that enough? Exactly. Are those feelings enough to carry on? And I mean, like we both can relate to and that's and that's what she's struggling with that yeah i feel like sorry i'm just like blowing my nose over here because i'm like crying on my podcast (laughs) should i give you a hug virtual hugs (laughs) but it, it made me kind of like think like you know of like all any like my own relationships like where like you know or like anyone who have had like relationships where you know, like, have you ever had a relationship where it has, like, there was, like, a lot of promise and, like, you really liked that person and, like, that person, like, there were moments where, like, you were, like, this person, I, I know this person likes me too and, like, you've had conversations where, like, you've discussed that you both like each other but, like, due to timing or circumstance or, like, some kind of thing, it just... Mm-hmm. somehow didn't work out, out and you were just left what is going what is? on yeah <laughs> I feel like yeah. I've been in so many of those and like I feel like I'm so confused <laughs> all the time yep yep I feel that deep level yeah I don't know like how I just I feel like I really relate to this a lot where mm-hmm. like I find, like, not, I feel like this, the theme of this episode, too, is, is, like, because when we're going into next, like, Ruka, where he talks about, like, how this is also, like, a case of mistiming as well. Mm -hmm. So then Ruka tells, like, the Ruka and Cora kind of, like, have this discussion where, about, like, their whole thing, and, like, and it starts by Ruka telling Corey that you know he's going to make his big next step towards his marvel dreams and he's going to check out this like marvel themed bar to work at so he can pick up english and like hang with like-minded folk who also love spider-man as much as he does so he can kind of work while doing something he enjoys being in a group of people getting to know people making contacts etc etc in his mind he's like this is great he thinks he's getting closer to his dream so Corey, on her end in her advice to him was that if he isn't super strapped for cash at the moment instead of working at like a marvel themed bar for like customers that are just regular daily customers normal people fans not industry people or anything specifically like he was she said you know maybe it would be more prudent to take a job that might help you get further in your career towards what you're actually interested in if you don't have to like immediately get a job like you know it makes sense if you immediately mm-hmm. needed a part-time job that you would pick something like that and then you would also try to get something else in addition to that but if you don't need to get a job right now like why don't you you know she was like you know for example like if it were me I love illustrating and I, I'm interesting in that so like I would probably maybe consider you know working as an assistant for an illustrator I really admire, you know, Mm -hmm. for a little bit and like, you know, apprenticing for a while. And then I get paid to work and then I also learn and I also get to kind of 
experience the environment and like see if I really do like that as a career and if that is something I want to do or if it's something more than just a hobby. You kind of need to experience that to decide. Yeah. And so she says working at his bar is fine, but it doesn't strike me as a bold choice, which I think is a really good piece of advice to give. I, I mean, honestly, like it's true. I don't know. Like I just I think it's good. Like if you don't have to, if you can, if you have wiggle room. I think it's always smart to like, and you know what you want to do as well. Like why waste your time? Not try mm-hmm. it. Like yeah. try to get a job that will involve what you want to do, you know, and get paid for it. Like if you don't, if you can afford to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because if he was strapped for money and, you know, could just take the part-time job, but it may not necessarily help him in the long run like it's kind of how I first kind of like got into writing out here like when I first moved out here I got a job working and translating and working in fashion PR because that was my background because I was like I'm going to move to LA to like pursue writing and I was going to write on the side but then I found like as more as I got deeper and deeper into my job I was writing less and less mm-hmm. and then when I got laid off from my job because they filed for bankruptcy and then I was like okay well I have some wiggle room like maybe Mm -hmm. let me just like try to do some like book related or like writing related yeah stuff Stuff. then like literally like four or five months later I was like starting like I started getting small jobs like here and there and then I started freelancing and then it started becoming more and then now I'm here so it's like I mean obviously I still have a long way to go but like I'm closer now to what I moved out here to do than when I first moved out here and I tried to get a job just because mm-hmm. I like, you know, I liked American Apparel and I thought the discount would be great. And like I had friends who worked there and my background's in fashion, even though I knew I didn't want to do that anymore. You know, so it was like yeah. that was like the difference. It's like if you know you don't want to do something like sometimes doing that, if you don't have to, can get you stuck. If you are a person yeah. that is finds it hard to get out of stuff. Yeah. Do you find that, too? Yeah, yeah, hence me working at Trader Joe's, even though I don't see myself working <laughs> yeah. at a grocery store the rest of my life. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of one of those things, even though I know it's not what I want to be doing, it's making ends meet. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, like, that's the thing. It's, like, for you, you need a job. So that's why yep. you're doing that. But in addition yep. to that, you're also doing your other stuff. See? Yeah. With Ruka, he's not. That's true. He's. It's, like, for him, it's, like, one or the other. Like, I think it's hard for him to you know find himself and experiment with stuff but then also exactly and that's totally okay it's like some people aren't freelancing personality types some people like to have a job that is you go to the office you do your job there and then you leave and you leave your work at the office and Uh you don't bring Mm -hmm. it home yeah and that's fine yep but if you are that person then you need to actively have a job that involves what you want to actually do and not do things that you're gonna do just because you need something to do (laughs) to get to where you want to go but then not actually do what you want to do which I think like I have to own that I can I have been that way in the past and like Mm -hmm. I know I can be that way so I have to like when you are that person though you have to actively remind yourself that like you can't slack because then you're screwed it's bad anyway Corey asks Ruka if it's okay if they can go one-on-one for drinks once they know each other because if she's being honest she really doesn't have anything to say to him and the thought of trying to come up with things to say is super stressing her out 
And Ruka says, it's cool. Is she overthinking this? I feel like she might just be overthinking this. I honestly think so, too. But I understand where she's coming from because, like, I'm an overthinker, too. So, like, I feel like past Michelle would have been a Kaori. Where I've been like, I have no idea what to say. And I probably, like, and I would and I would have been too chicken to say it to their face like this. <laughs> like, yeah, when there's awkward silence. <laughs> and so I would probably stay up until 3 a.m. the night before and, like, Google all these topics. And then, like, the next day, like, be so sleepy and then just, like, be so upset about it and, like, cry after, like, cry all day and then go to the date. And then, like, after the date, I would be like, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. I'm kind of like David Rose from Shit's Creek in that, ep- in that driving test episode, which if nobody has seen it and you haven't seen it, so you wouldn't get my reference. But, like, yeah, I'm like, I haven't seen it. <laughs> but it's like he has to take a new driving test and then his sister, like he's freaking out on the test, like a- about his practice. And then uh-huh. like Alexis is like, dude, like no one cares. And she's and he's just like, you know, I'm a type of person who cares. Like I'm a highly sensitive person. And she's like, dude, you need to chill. Like, stop. <laughs> And he's like, well, I had to care because you were getting kidnapped by sultans of Brunei. And like, who was who was I was the only one worrying about you. Like someone had to worry. You weren't worrying. And she's like, you need to stop. Like, you need to chill. And then like what happens is like while he's taking the driving test, like the dude who's administering the test is on his cell phone the entire time. And he's talking about like how he wants to be a DJ. And like he, he goes like he it's so David asked the, the driving test instructor. He's like 20. He's like like, you really don't care about this, do you? And he's just like, dude, I've done, like, you're, like, I've done, like, eight of these today. Like, I really don't give a shit. Like, just turn yeah. around that corner right there. Like, just, yeah, at the stop sign. <laughs> he's like, just get it over with. And then, like, David has this moment of realization where he just laughs. And he's like, she's right. Like, no one cares as much as I think they do. Which, <laughs> like, I feel like I've had a lot of those moments. Like, I feel like this year has finally been that year where, like, last the end of last year, did like, that's last summer until, like, this year has finally been that moment where I've just been like, you know what? Like, I really need to stop caring as much as, like, I do all the time. Like, it's just weird. Like, I don't know. It's not that I have to stop, but it's, like, the moment you realize, like, oh, wow, like, I don't have to be that intense all the time, which is nice. And then you're like, wow, I can focus on other things. Kind of that, like, breath of fresh air. You're like, oh. Yeah. I feel like it's hard to remember that about myself in quarantine because I feel like quarantine, like, magnifies your, like, overthinking traits. Yeah, because it's all we can do, I feel like. I'm, like, so in my head. I just feel really bad for, like, the people in my life. Like, especially my mom. So then Ruka says it's cool, but he is now in for, like, awakening about his... But then he, like, is in for this, like, rude awakening about his awkward conversationalist tendencies. But then, like, I really understand what Ruka is saying. I think maybe he has... Maybe he has ADHD. Like, I, I don't know. Like... He says, like, he tends to think to, so he says, like, he answers conversations with his heart sometimes, and he forgets that, like, people don't hear it. Like, like it's a Japanese term, like, kokoro de kotaeru, which I actually say this a lot. I do this, too. It's like, have you ever, I don't know if, like, have you ever, but, like, I do this all the time. I know other people do this because I found memes on Instagram that say this, and I was like, oh, it's not just me. 
And JC Marie Smith from the What We Said podcast, she did this whole thing on her podcast about like text messages. Like sometimes she forgets that she replies to text messages in her head and she forgets to hit send. And then yep. two days later, she's like, wait, why hasn't my friend responded to me yet? And then she checks back and she realizes she never actually hit her respond. I do that all the time. I have absolutely done that a lot. All the time. I'm like the worst at that. It's so bad. Like I'm getting uh-huh. better. But last year, holy crap, I was so bad at it, especially when I'm busy, like I don't know. Yep. I'm a really quick typer. So like sometimes I think when I hit, I think I hit send, like I don't actually fully hit it. I just tap it so it doesn't go through. Or like sometimes I'm writing and then someone calls me or someone like, you know, I'm doing something and then I get distracted and I forget. And then my phone screen goes off. I don't know. A lot of times I like respond in my head and then I'm like, okay, I will get, I will respond, you know, in 20 minutes or you know, after I finish doing something and then I don't at all. And right. then I'm like, oh crap, I meant to respond or like I responded in my head. Exactly. And then now, especially in quarantine too, like sometimes like my insomnia has gone in- insane. Oh, I can't get it under control. And like sometimes I'm like reading messages at 3 a.m. and I like don't respond because I don't want the other person to like think I'm crazy. <laughs> at 4 a.m. Like awake. Every freaking day this week, I've been awake at 3 a.m. Like, I don't understand. I keep trying to go to sleep, and I can't. I think it's because I fall asleep by accident during the day because I can't sleep at night now. And, like, now it's just a vicious cycle. Are you just a night owl? No, I was so The thing is, I used to be, but then I was fine. I was, I used to, like, the last, like... I don't know, six months, I've been waking up like 6 a.m. and going to bed at 11. But then when I when quarantine happened, my mom is an insomniac. And like she is awake until 7 a.m. every single morning. Mm. And she and I sleep on the couch in the living room right now. So like she would get up at like 5 a.m. and like go cook breakfast or like, you know, in the kitchen mm-hmm. and she would wake yeah. me up. And so that kept happening for the last, I don't know, how many months has quarantine been? And so now I'm like, I can't, I'm like on her schedule. I can't go back to my schedule. It's like kind of like once you get stuck in that, it's hard to get yourself out of that rhythm. Yeah. And like she's trying to like be better at sleeping because I like lost my actual like brain yesterday and like literally cried for like 30 minutes (laughs) outwardly like just was so upset like was like I'm really hurt like blah, blah. I, I don't know I just like lost it I finally lost it I lost my yeah <laughs> it, was just, it was just all built up you know it was just all bottled up it took three months <laughs> four months and I just completely lost my head and I just like couldn't take it <laughs> I just like I just started crying and I was like I just feel like you don't care and that like no one cares about me and like I just feel like no one gives a shit. and like I mean like why am I even alive which <laughs> is like really bad I got it went dark and then I was just like I, I was and then I was just like you know what it's just I'm just hurt is what I like I ended up at or just like mm-hmm. I just feel really hurt and it's just a lot It is. so I was just like I can't deal with it anyway so yeah in the middle of the night I was just like (laughs) so because of all of this I've been in a very erratic (laughs) 
schedule. So like I really try not to like text people at 3. <laughs> and then also because like at home it's like kind of erratic right now. Like my emotional state like fluctuates. So sometimes I'm like, oh, like if someone sends me a nice text like while I'm in like a really hardcore like moment, like <laughs> it takes me like a minute to like recollect myself to like Mm -hmm. before responding yeah or else I'm just gonna be venting and then like we're all in quarantine like I feel like I need to be I I feel like I'm I'm not being as mindful about being considerate I guess about like unloading my stuff on top of whatever stuff other people are going through like I think before quarantine I tried more to be like are you sure you're good like this is a lot like are you in a good emotional space to take on like this thing I'm gonna like lob at you right now like are you sure you're good like do you want to hear my problem like are you just saying how am I or do you really want to know like I'll I'll ask like or at least I'll try but, like, now I just, like, I don't think I can, I, like, I just, like, it's, like, word vomit. Like, I just can't. Well, sometimes you just need to unleash. Like, yeah. It just kind of happens. Like, I, I mean, I don't unleash on everyone, obviously, because, like, I, when I, when I am in a tough spot, I only reach out to, like, very, like, I saw, I, I hermit, and then I reach out to very specific. People that you trust. Yeah. Handful of people. It's, it's intense. But, like, I, I get it because, like, I feel like that's kind of, like what it can be like for people like this where Ruka says he tends to think too hard about what to say during every conversation and by the time he's figured out what to say the conversation has usually moved on and that a lot of the time he just answers with his heart to things and forgets that people can't hear it and in groups it's okay but one-on-one like you can't really just like let that slide and like they kind of basically it's the other kind of side of the coin of like the Haruka thing from last week Mm -hmm. where when you are a person where everyone fawns all over you you don't have to create topics so like in a group he just goes along with the the energy and the vibe but one-on-one he he can't he doesn't know what to say and he's like it's okay if it's quiet so he's literally basically saying like He's explaining why he is that way. He's a very internal person. Yeah, because, like, in a group, like, you know, no one will maybe notice if he doesn't say anything, you know, for a few conversations or, like, only says, like, a few sentences. But, like, when it's one-on-one. exactly. And you're, like, supposed to go back and forth in a conversation. Like, I think that's, you know, that's obviously really, really hard for him because. Right. He, you know, it's if he does sit there silently, like, the other person's kind of felt like like just keep talking like I think that's a maturity problem though yeah so I think that's where Corey's kind of running into issues where she's like I don't want to just keep filling in the spaces yeah I get that though I mean it's it's hard like sometimes to like ask questions or like come up with things like you know like yeah I don't know when it's like not and especially in the beginning like when you're getting to know someone like once you kind of like get to know someone a little bit then I feel like it becomes a little more natural but then it kind of gets to that point, too, where it's like, wait, this is why I, I got a little ahead of myself. Ruka says that he would never want someone to feel uncomfortable without him ever knowing it, though. So Kaori says that she's glad she said something because she was wondering whether she should bring it up or not to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, to which Ruka replied, she said, I never want you to force yourself to hang out with me. I never want anyone to force themselves to hang out with me. Thanks for saying something. So like, which I feel like. 
is a very interesting like dynamic especially when you're first getting to know someone like which I think there was like a question earlier that the panelists brought up when it came to like Risiko and Kenny where like when Risiko's been on dates with Kenny she said things where like very forward things like you're the person I want to be home when I come home like you know that's like basically she's saying I like you you know, like in so many words, like she's not saying yeah. I'm into you, but she's saying like when I come home every day, you're the person I want to see. You're the first person mm-hmm. I want to see. You're the only person I want to see. You're the person I look forward to coming home to. I'm sorry. If someone if someone said that to me, like I would think they were into me. Yeah, that's because it's like you don't want to see anyone else or talk to anyone else. Like that's a big thing because she is into him. Like, But like, do you go on dates? To, it's like the do you go on dates to see if you could could be romantically interested in someone or do you go on them to confirm you're you're actually romantically interested in someone that you are already kind of interested in because it's this whole idea of like small talk and dates Mm -hmm. like I feel like people are good at small talk or not good at small talk and it's like and small talk can sometimes feel like you're forcing yourself to hang out with someone so I guess it's like I don't know how I should ask this where I'm like one have you ever felt like you're forcing yourself to hang out with someone when you're first like hanging out with them like do you sometimes feel like you're forcing yourself or not sometimes well yeah like relationship or dating wise I've never really felt like that with friends or like blooming friendships I've sometimes felt like that where like I'm not really sure if I would connect with someone on a friendship level and I feel like I'm forcing myself to hang out with them but relationship wise not so much yeah. I wouldn't say probably though because you're the type you're the you're the type of person who likes to be friends with someone before you get into a relationship yeah. with them yeah. so I feel like this would probably happen less for you yeah because like I don't go on enough dates I feel like to you know what I mean like I don't I don't accept a date from everyone unless I'm already kind of interested Right. You know, so, like, I guess it would be more so, like, reaffirming whether or not I'm interested. Right. But I definitely don't find myself relationship-wise really forcing myself. Like, I'm pretty good at, like, if I'm not interested, like, I will express to you that I'm not interested. Like, I really won't continue once I kind of realize that, I guess. So, I guess I should have asked you the other question first, then. <laughs> Do you go on dates to see if you could be romantically could be romantically interested in someone or to confirm that you're already romantically interested yeah. in them? So you would like to confirm that you're romantically yeah. interested. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what I am. That's a good it's actually a really good question. Yeah, it's not Mike. I mean if you think about I'm like the different kind of interactions you have when you first meet people. I didn't write it. Like I know, I stole it from the panelists. So I think I've done both. I think I used to be, I don't know. I think I'm, I do both now. I think yeah. before I was only really a confirmed person. Like, mm-hmm. but now I, I think I try to be more open. Like, yeah. and by confirm, I mean like before I would just, I, if someone asked me out, like it would be like, I kind of knew who they were or like I knew of them and I knew the personality a little bit and then I would go out with them. But like now that I've been older, I think I think it's harder just because circumstantially like there's less situations where you get to meet people. I think when you get older, mm-hmm. like where yeah. you have more things in common, like and I think there are more instances. Well, I think there are more instances when you're older than when you're younger for like people that you might not really know that well yet to like ask you out, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. So I feel like now more so 
like in the last year or so I've been I've gone on dates with people that like I could be interested in but like I don't know enough about them yet to say that I am interested in them so I'll go Mm. out on a date to see if there's anything there and then if not then I'll be like all right well it was nice to meet you like I had fun and then like move on if that makes sense like that's probably it yeah because I mean I meet people and like I go out and like I have fun with them but then it's like do I see myself dating you no so like I I, I don't know like I feel like that's kind of more where dates go for me now like Mm -hmm. I'll go out with someone like I give I give people chances like more now yeah I think but like I think it's because I I'm the type of person where I go off of energy so like if I vibe with someone and I like their energy and I get like I don't know I feel I feel a certain way around them and in Mm. the moment if they ask me out and I think like I want to go like then I'll say yes so like I don't know I think maybe that's the difference yeah I feel like I could probably take more chances you know like accept more things you know be a little bit more like willing but I think it's good to know what you want I feel like I probably could benefit from that yeah but I think you can only do that more too once you know a little bit more of what you want too. because I think if you don't know what you want it's harder to like go out with someone and then like uh, like and at the end of it be able to assess it with like oh that was fun like but it's not for me like you know as opposed to like oh that was really fun maybe I actually like this person like you know and just because I like this person and that will work like Mm -hmm. I think like once you kind of have had a little bit more experience under your belt you can go out with people just to see if it will work out because like by that point you know what you what works and what doesn't work for you in a relationship so like when you go out on a date with someone or a couple dates and then you're like oh I think this person has traits and values that will work with what I'm looking for and what works with me and then I think things can kind of progress but I think unless you're at that place I think it's harder to go that way of dating but I don't know that's just I think that's just my personal experience anyway no I I, I agree with that because it's like how do you differentiate you can't you know what I mean like you could just have fun and it's just fun you know but it's like was it a fun romantic was it a fun friendly was it just you know what I mean like it's exactly it, it can be hard to differentiate that like until you know right and people like look for different things in relationships too like which brings us to our next part which is haruka and and yusuke Mm -hmm. where they finally go on their dinner date eden kai is back in tokyo and we find out that the day they go on this on on this date is like literally like he flies into tokyo and then after coming back like after getting off the plane, the first thing he wants to do is he takes Haruka out to dinner. God. Like, how yeah. freaking cute is that? Like, that is so flattering. And it shows a lot of effort in his point. Like, no, like I really want to see you. Like, I'm gonna make it happen. Dude. Not a let me nap first. Like, nope, I wanna see no. you first. <laughs> oh my god. If literally someone flew in to 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 where I was where I was and then like immediately contacted me and was like hey I'm here like let's hang out I would be super flattered yeah I would do it like wait what I've definitely done this to someone before and now I kind of understand why he was really flattered (laughs) 
like I didn't go like it wasn't like I flew there like specifically for this person but like I was there and then I was like like, well and then we hung out it's like I'm already here (laughs) oh Michelle (laughs) (laughs) anyway Harika says that her type is someone she can be okay so here she says her type is this is totally different too so she says her her type is someone she can be comfortable with from the get-go. She wants someone who's cute and cuddly like an animal. Animal-like people. <laughs> and Yusuke says that he remembers she once told him that he resembles a sea lion. <laughs> and she says it's a compliment that she thinks he looks sea creature-y. <laughs> That's such Which... a weird... <laughs> で、<笑><笑> This conversation is like my obsession. I'm obsessed <laughs> with this conversation. I can't. I was like giggling the whole time. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I was like, what? This is like, I think this this energy is like very strong Michelle energy. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> it's so random. Like, it's such, I, I like, I think it's the randomness that is like yeah. Michelle energy. I just, yeah. it's so random. I just, I, I don't know. I just kind of like loved this moment in this very like heavy episode. Like this was like my happy moment. Just have some like laughs and like have a little lightheartedness. I forgot. I was like so happy in this moment. Like watching them like made me so joyful. Like I was just like, oh, you guys are so freaking cute. Anyway, she says she's looking for someone she knows she can be at peace with when they spend time together she says i want my i want a relationship where we can nap together and just be comfortable lately that's become my ideal someone i can feel super comfy just napping with i've discovered that's what i want see she knows what she wants right like so this is like the difference it's like when you go i feel like you can go out with people you don't really know if you know what you want right Mm -hmm. like you're like this is what i want i want to see if you fit this bill for me so yeah, and she's we're very gonna, specific, you know, yeah. like, you know, the whole, like, napping with someone, like, that is just showing, you know, a level of comfort. Comfort, yeah. And to I feel see that. someone during the day as well, like, her, when she was talking about that, it brought me back to, like, our daytime, like, nighttime yeah, yeah, type yeah. of convo, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, where I was like, she wants to be comfortable enough where she can just chill, you know, no pressure, like, just hang out with someone. That's the happiest when, like, I. that's when I feel the happiest in Me a relationship. Too. Like, yep. when you're at that level of comfort with each other. Yeah, like, when you're sitting on the couch, and, like, they can be watching, like, YouTube videos, and you can be reading a book, and you can be, like, sitting there quietly, like, you know, but you're, but you're mm-hmm. both, like, you know, like, your, your feet are, like... Yeah, you're spending time, but you're also doing kind of your own things. Like, you don't have to be... Yeah, 
like you're both laying on the couch and maybe like your legs are like draped over the like the other person's legs and like the other person is like I don't know like playing with the dog and like I don't know like just like cute things where you're just both like laying on the couch and like cuddling or like Mm -hmm. you know where like you don't have to be doing the same thing like you don't both have to be watching a movie like one of you can be reading and one of you can be doing something else but like Mm -hmm. you feel okay that you don't have to be doing the same thing exactly it's not an awkward silence it's not you know a weird like you know not being afraid of like not really showing yourself or like you know what I mean? Like, doing something that you enjoy because you feel like you have mm-hmm. to be doing something together. Like, exactly. you can still have that time and that comfort together. Like, feeling comfortable being able to do what you love so much, like, that you don't, that you know the other person might not be super interested in it, but they care about you enough that they know that it makes you happy, so they won't bother you while you do, while you do it, because you, you care about each other so much that you both want each other to be so happy, that you can be happy together doing things Mm -hmm. that make you both happy, even if they're not the same exact thing, and then also share things where you're both doing the same thing too if that makes sense yep. like yep, you can't absolutely. always obviously exist in a world where you're both doing things that make you happy and then never doing things together because then your relationship isn't going to work because you're li- well, leading two yeah. separate lives yeah absolutely I don't know I feel like the moment that I live for in those moments is like when you're quietly like if like I'm reading a book and like my partner is like doing something and like we're touching like our legs are touching on the couch or something mm-hmm. and then like suddenly like you look up and the other person looks up and like you smile like you know like that yeah, yeah. that's cute like I like that that's like yeah. the type of relationship I want I do too I get it I totally get what Haruka said absolutely and I think she answered it in a really well like simple way that she yeah. kind of embodied that right and then she he like very chivalrously pays for dinner and like she kind of shares with Kaori like the way in which he kind of was like, I'm never going to make you pay. It was just, like, super, like, attractive. Manly. Like, just the way he said it was super manly. Like, and she was like, and that made me want to treat him. Like, mm-hmm. you know? Like, where it was just like, I don't know, just the way that he was so generous, but, like, and adamant. confident and, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like, independent. Like, it was just, yeah. like, really attractive. Sure of yourself. Yeah. And then Corey kind of commented on how Yusuke and Ruka are the same exact age, which I completely forgot about until she brought it up. Yeah, because Yusuke seems so much older and so much more mature to me. And, like, just the way that they are is very different. And I think, like... It it kind of shows you, like, Yusuke is obviously, like, at 18, he was on Terrace House, but since then, he's been touring as a solo artist, like, everywhere. So, like, he's also very independent. He's had to be mm-hmm. an adult. So, he has yep. a career, like, he's he's kind of going after, he's the type of guy that Corey would date, kind of, is, like, kind of yeah. what I'm cursing from that. Because she's, uh-huh. she respects his drive to go after yep. what he wants. And then, like, even through that, like, even through all of that. Like, he's traveling the world touring. The first thing he does when he flies into Tokyo is, like, call Haruka up and take her to dinner, like, Mm -hmm. for tacos. Like, and then he's like, I'll be here till August 5th, by the way, so, like, let's hang out whenever. Like, he goes after what he wants. That's sexy. And that's respectable. I don't know. That's sexy to me. Like, I just think, like, when you can do that, regardless of whether or not, like, 
I don't know, it works out. Like, I just think that, like, if you can be, if you can embrace more of that, I, I want to embrace more of that Yusuke energy, like, in my life, where I can be, like, that sure of, like, what I want and, like, who I want. And, like, it would be so flattering for someone to do something like that. It's just, yeah. like, for someone to be clear about what they're interested in. Yeah, not be wishy-washy, not be playing games, like, just being direct and, like, open. Like, that is really refreshing. Right. Like, it's so annoying. It's, like, just be be direct. Like, we have to, like, read. Like, I don't need. I, I hate subtext. Like, dating subtext is exhausting. I know, like, yeah. it's ridiculous because, like, the entire reason we have a podcast is, like, because of subtext. But, like, <laughs> I don't like subtext in my relationships, okay? Yeah. <laughs> be honest. Tell me to my face that you like me or you're not interested anymore. <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm so... I'm a lot. But the thing is, the right person won't think you're a lot. No. Anyway, I think I have this new thing on my phone. It says, like, your boundaries won't scare the right people away, which is very true. So, but then Kaori kind of says, like, do you see Yusuke, though, as a romantic partner? Like, I can see you marrying him, but I don't know about dating him. <laughs> And she says she can never, she doesn't know she can ever see herself being passionate about him, which I think this is like the difference between what Shohei is like saying though. Like, I think this also is like a difference too between like that whole thing with Shohei and like people liking each other and like timing, like what, like what are other factors? And I think this is also like an X factor. It's like this, you know, that this person is perfect and like, on paper they're great and like they would you get along great and you're best friends and you would be a great partnership but like there's something that's not there that you're not sure is supposed to be there or has to be there or doesn't have to be there or is it something that you are like constantly told needs to be there like I feel like I I heard I've read and heard people say like that lasting relationships can't just be built on passion or reason alone and it has to be like a combination of both but like more reason than passion because when there's too much passion like sometimes you you mistake passion for love and passion can sometimes just be aggression and it can't Uh it's not love like and and a lot of times passion can be selfish Mm -hmm. so like it's hard to mis like mistake that for more yeah so it's like it's hard because it's like well you know that passion too can be fleeting and it's not always going to last and like sometimes for some people that's super important for other people it's not as important like it's like are you chaotic are you not chaotic like do you like peace do you like calm it's like it's so hard to like discern but I don't know. Do you think there's a difference between who you marry and who you date? Or do you think that it should be, it should be like, do you think that passion and peace are mutually exclusive? Or do you think that like each person that like, if you don't think that you're settling, like, do you, do you think it's like settling if you, if you just pick one, like peace? I don't know. I feel like people tell me I'm settling if I go for that, but like, yeah, I think there's, like, a difference between the guy you date and the guy you marry. You know, just because, like, someone's a good boyfriend doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that they can be a good husband, a good father. 
True. You know, like, I feel like there's a lot of other, like, elements that go into that. Yeah. So, but I guess it's hard because it's, like, if you do find someone that you want to marry, like, that's a good question. Like, is it settling? You know, like, is it, or if, you know, you lose the passion, it's, like, and you stay, it's kind of, like. Is that settling? Is that it? You know what I mean? Like, is, like, is that it? <laughs> it's so complicated. So, I think it's hard for me to answer just because I feel like, yeah. you know, this kind of conversation is, like, very long ways away for me. <laughs> that it can it's hard for me to think about that because i feel like i haven't been in a place yet where i have considered marriage or or i've really considered who the type of person i'd be with at that time right yeah honestly i know i'm a lot i i i don't know if i i'm i'm trying to remove the word should from my vocabulary i've been trying to do that for the last year and a half I, I, I made this decision <laughs> two falls ago, but I'm still trying to do it. But although I, quote, should, by societal standards, be closer to you uh, of knowing, like, an answer to this question, mm-hmm. I honestly, like, don't know, which is why I'm probably still here at <laughs> 33. But, like, this, it's not like a race, you know? It's not like, you know, by a certain age you'll hit that finish line, you know? Like, it's just kind of circumstantial. I don't think it, it's an age thing either. I think, like, I think as a woman, like, you get placed, like, this age thing gets, this age pressure gets pressed on you because yeah. of, like, biology. Yeah. Where they're like, all right, you're hitting your 30s. Like, time to start popping up babies. <laughs> and just the fact that, like, that's required well yeah because like now every time I go to the doctor I'm told my eggs are geriatric so it's like if you really want to have a child like you know you should consider freezing your eggs and like to me I'm like that's really huge like decision that like I don't like monetarily financially physically Mm -hmm. psychologically like emotionally like I don't know if like I even want that yet so it's like Every time I go to the doctor, like, he's, like, just just letting you know, like, you know, we should, you know, just reminding you. And I'm, like, ugh, like, stop. Like, stop. Can I just freeze time? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, because it's, like, I'm not, like, and I don't think I'm in the right place right now. But then it's, like, yeah. I don't know if I'll ever be in the right place. Like, and it's, like, it's hard to, it's hard for people. Like, and as a woman, you always get asked to, like, at this age, like, are you going to have kids? When are you going to have kids? Do you want to have kids? And it's, like, men don't get asked that question in their 30s. So it's, no. like, it's, and not to say that it's, like, a woman and men thing. I think it's just in general. Like, it's just, it's. I don't think I get as much pressure as other people just because I don't look my age. So like natu- and and being that I have a lot of friends who are at varying ages, you know, and I'm not in a serious partnership currently at the present moment. Like I'm never I'm not really placed in a position. I can still get out of that conversation if someone's like, "So what about kids?" Like I can just be like, "Well, I don't I'm single and I don't have like you know a partner right now maybe if I had a partner like maybe once like I'm, I'm focusing on my career like you know what I mean I yeah. can get out of it yeah. but like I don't know it's still like it's still annoying that I have to even like use that terminology of like get out 
of it. Yeah, where it's like, why do people even care right. anyway? Like, mind your own dang business. I mean, it's funny because I talk about, like, how I travel on Uber all the time. And, like, every time I'm in, like, I used to a lot, anyway, before this. And when Uber drivers, a lot of male Uber drivers, by the way, this always happens with a, one male Uber driver, usually an immigrant Uber driver, because we like an Asian immigrants like anywhere in Asia, Southeast Asia, because like we have very strong like family ties, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to our women. And when they know that you're another Asian woman, like it just tends to happen. I don't know if it's generalized. I'm just talking about my experience of my Uber experience of like over. I don't know. I'm an Uber platinum. So like take it as you will. I've been for like a few years now. <laughs> anyway they always like ask me if I'm in a relationship or I'm single and like why not if I'm not in a relationship and then they ask me why my last relationship didn't work out and they ask me if I want to get married if I have kids if I why I don't have kids why if I do want kids or if I don't want kids why I'm not going to do it yet why haven't I done it yet you won't have time soon. Why can't you just get married? I'm like, these people are strangers to me. Like, you like, know, no, I don't it's like, why anything. do they even care? But it's like, it gets so specific where you're stuck in a car ride with this person. Like, yeah, you're kind of just trapped in that conversation. You're trapped. Right? Like, you're just like, great. And then if you're an asshole, they're going to tank your Uber rating, which sucks. <laughs> so, like, you have to be nice. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So now we don't have that much time, but we're just going to quickly talk about about what happened at the barbecue dinner where after the, oh, at the live show, Kenny had a live show and he performed and the entire house went, he performed a song he wrote about Risiko and then before he introduced it, he said all these nice things about her, about like how she never sleeps at night and like, but like kind of like in subtext, like he didn't say her name or anything. He's like, this song is about this girl who like never sleeps at night and like says all these things and like asks me about my day and blah, blah, blah. And then she like cut to her. She's like crying and crumbling. <laughs> and we all know watching who he's talking about. You know? Corey's like melting. And, like, Kenny's, like, I'm so cool right now. And then he, like, <laughs> sings. And the song's actually kind of nice. And, like, I'm crying, oddly. And, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm just, like, why am I crying at Kenny? Like, <laughs> he's making me feel something. Kenny was giving himself brownie points. He was, like, yeah, this is super cool. Like, what? check this out. I knew he was thinking, like, I'm super cool right now. But, like, the song actually, like was really sweet was nice it like made yeah. me like i felt like i got to know him for the first time like yeah. it was really refreshing it was like a piece of him being shown that we hadn't really gotten to see before it was so sweet and then like i don't know too little too late but like i wish we had gotten to know this kenny more it just me makes too. me like really disappointed there's just there is more to him it's kind of a bummer that we didn't get to see all this. Yeah, it's a really friggin' bummer because when Corey asks Kenny how he thinks he has changed since being at Terrace House, if there is anything that has changed, Kenny says he thinks he's gotten better at expressing his feelings to his crush. He thinks more about what makes them happy. He says he thinks he's been pretty. He no. He says he has been pretty selfish in the past and was stubborn about keeping his own pace. And he mainly chose partners who were on, who were okay with only doing what he wanted. But I think. But he says he thinks more about what the other person might want to do now, not just what he wants. 
And the whole time this conversation is happening, Risiko is crying in the background in the wide shot. Haruka points at Risiko, who is sobbing, and asks if he wants her to switch seats with Risiko. He asks if that's okay. And after that, he was able to express his feelings. And he's just like, yeah, I, I told her how I feel. It's fine. And then he's just like, it's okay. Like, she doesn't need to switch seats with you. And then Risiko, in front of everyone, just, like, breaks down, sobbing, and goes, like, I really liked you. Like, I like you. Like, I liked you. Uh, What am I saying? I don't understand. Like, she's so, like, overwhelmed. Distraught. Yeah, she's so, yeah, in her head. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like... The whole time Kenny is saying what he learned, like, after that live show, and she's, like, so confused right now because she felt like she owed him, a, like, an answer in that moment, but, like, she's regretting her answer, like, mm-hmm. and basically she's just, like, she's hearing him talk about this while she's sobbing, and she feels like she's, like a bad guy almost like Mm -hmm. he's like liked her so much and like she couldn't reciprocate but she still does and she feels like she had more time and like she likes him and she doesn't know what she's so confused she feels rushed and i think i think that's what's really really hitting her is that she i think she really really needs more time yeah and that's stressing her out exactly and he understands that too but like he also I understand where he's coming from as well because it's just like he's leaving so he he wants to tell her how he feels and he doesn't want to like miss his moment but like it's realistically his job is going to require him to like not be at the house so like it's like an adult decision it's hard he's an adult so it's tough. So then basically they decide that he's they decide at the dinner, like, let's talk later. So then they go to the house later that night. Everyone goes to sleep and the two of them are talking and he talks about like they talk about what happened to the show. And he says, I can't go on stage being fake. And I was like, what the f***? The panelists were like, oh my god, that is like a slogan. Anyway, Kenny, at this point, like, Rizuko kind of expresses how she's been feeling, just like we were saying. She's confused, she's not sure yet. And Kenny says, I want you to rethink your answer before I leave again. Like, please, if you're confused, like, take back your original answer of the fact that you don't see yourself dating me at all and that we can't be together. And I want you to rethink your answer. And then she says, okay. So then she goes to, like, put away her glass and then he waits on the on the. (laughs) On the stairs, and then she kind of, like, he's like, I'm going to go to the playroom and, like, drink with everyone. And she's like, okay. And he's like, let's go drink. And she's like, okay. And then he goes to the stairs, and he, like, waits for her, like, and then she comes up the stairs, and she, like, looks up at him, and he's, like, blocking her way. She's like, what do you, what? And then he, like, goes in for the kiss, but she's like, what? And then she gives him the cheek. She gives him the cheek, guys. Yeah. First episode, part one, <laughs> ends with a cheek peck, and it's over. Caitlin, 
you got what you were asking for. You got your first kiss of season one, but it's a cheek pack. No, I don't know. This is not what I wanted. I feel gypped of my first Terrace House kiss. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is not the it's kiss terrible. I wanted. Oh, God. There's like. I wanted more. It's okay. I promise you there is going to be. There was this passionate makeout distraught sesh. Oh, there's going to be at least one super <laughs> passionate makeout this season. <laughs> at least one i okay. promise you that okay. i promise you <sighs> i was watching it and i blushed a little i'm not gonna lie i was like Ooh! it was great I'm, anyway I'm we duns so caitlin tell everyone where they can find you on social media and so you can go to work <laughs> um you guys that's true it's time to go to work Long night, um, but you guys can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Big Screen Books. And your website? And my website's CaitlinFoster.com. Yay! Okay, and um, you can find me at tediously underscore brief on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can find my bookstagram at Traveling Book Nerds. And you can find Terrorist Out on social media at Terrorist Out on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And also on Patreon, where we have extra content with birth charts. We're going to do, like, past cast member wrap-ups. We're going to sort everyone into their Hogwarts house as their graduation gift from us to the world. It's going to be great. So Kenny's sorting will come very soon since he has announced he's graduating. going to be so fun. He's going to be hard, though, because he hasn't really showed us a lot about himself. So we're going to have to really dig deep on this one. We're just going to have to make some predictions about him. Anyway, <laughs> we appreciate y'all for uh, patroni- pa- patroning, pa- for Patron- your patronage, <laughs> for your patronage. That's it. <laughs> Found it. Grammar. <laughs> we, we thank your patronage. We love and welcome all of your input. And we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And we're going to go now. Bye. Thank you. Bye, guys. Love you. Hi, everyone. This is Jack again, just popping in to let you know where you can find us and listen to us on the interwebs. So like every podcast in the world, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, but you can also find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Podchaser, and so many others. Whatever your favorite provider is, you will be able to find Terrorist Out Podcast. If there is somewhere that we are not, please be sure to email us and let us know so we can submit and get us on there because we want to cover all of the spots. And you can find us at terroristout at gmail.com. And while you are going down the list of all of these wonderful distribution platforms for Terrorist Out, be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts slash iTunes to rate, review, subscribe. Let us know what you think of the show thus far. We absolutely would appreciate it. And thank you so much for taking the time. And be sure to DM us your comments, questions, and opinions over on the Twitter and Instagram at Terrorist Out. (laughs) 